podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. You've got Neil Atkinson, Ian Salmon, Gareth Roberts and Mike Nevin with you uh, through until half past seven this evening. Liverpool should be a joy, should be a pleasure, not least because at the minute it should be a joy and it should be a pleasure to talk about these Reds. They are quietly uh, and less quietly, I think, in the last 10 days. The feel-good hit of the winter, Gareth. And I think that because of a lot of what sort of preceded it, because of a couple of other issues which we'll come on to, the fact that was an 18 unbeaten has, has gone under the radar in a really weird way. I had a United supporter email me this week after I mentioned 18 unbeaten. He was like, 18 unbeaten? Like, it's come as a surprise yeah. to me. Yeah, we, we, it's been 18 games. It's been such a long time since Liverpool have had that sort of run. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm a third in the league as well. You know, we're Pip and Chelsea currently by just one goal. But, you know, we're in, in the perfect position to to qualify for the, for the Champions League yet again, uh, which is what Liverpool need to do. And yeah, there's so much to be positive about. I think I think the Coutinho sale um, took a bit of the edge off and, and led to a lot of negative conversations around Liverpool. And almost that 18 game run did go a little bit get get a little bit lost. That's why I think I just think that City win was absolutely huge. Um, great for you know got us all back on track. Got us talking positively again. No one you know last Sunday night. Was, was having conversations afterwards about Phil Coutinho. They were talking about Chamberlain. They were talking about Emre Chan. They were talking about Vinaldum. They were talking about, you know, Andy Robertson. They were talking about the front three again who all scored a goal. And I, and I think, you know, that you've heard Klopp so many times sort of say, well, what is there any chance we just sort of focus on some positives? And it feels like, you know, in the in the run-up to this game, that's exactly what everyone's mm-hmm. doing. Everyone's remembered that actually, you know, this season's in a pretty good place, actually. Third in the league, uh, having a run in the FA Cup, a home tie in the next round in the last 16 of the Champions League. Loads and loads to be positive about and loads and loads to, to look forward to. Mike, it is it is nice to be able to accentuate the positive. We're going to look to do that at least for the first part of this show. And as I say, there's a couple of things that we are going to filter into. Things are not perfect. But it is it is a nice place that we suddenly are in a season where you've only got to look at Arsenal really to see what the other side of that coin currently looks like. And in the past, we've been in the situation where you want to come top four and suddenly before you know where you are, a four-point gap becomes a six-point gap, and then you're thinking, how do we ever make these points back? We don't look great. The other side look better than... You know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. That's what's not happened here. We have put ourselves into a decent, decent position. We have, and I, I think the um, the correct context is is where that run started as well with the you know the, the, the defeat at Wembley to Spurs where, you know, it, it was thoroughly depressing on, on any number of levels. Um, Liverpool played poorly. They were sort of outranked by one of our main rivals for, for, the, for those top four positions. Um Dejan Lovren had a nightmare, had to be taken off after, I think it was 20 minutes of the game. Um, so to, to put a run together after that, I think it sort of, it does say something for the character of the squad, which has been under question, let's face it, pretty much since Klopp took over, even before um, he did so under under Brendan Rodgers. So I think we can credit this group of players, um, without even without Phil Coutinho, um, with a lot of that character, a lot of that grit, determination, pride in the performance, They've made Liverpool fans happy. Obviously, of course, it hasn't been an exclusively winning run, and you know there've been a few uh, more frustrating draws to add to the ones earlier in the season. But I don't think you can argue with eighteen games unbeaten. Um, you know, it's in terms of like if you want to times that by three, you're looking for fifty-four games, and that's that, that that's a full season. Mm. Um, so it's a third of a season basically. Well, we're, we're, um, in we're, all comps, we're not losing against Swansea on Monday, Mike. Away from it being half a league season, that's nineteen. Yeah, absolutely. So it's. Um, so I think, you know, the players, the manager, the football club has to take credit for that. Um, it, yeah, definitely. What, what, what's, what's gone well as far as you're concerned, Ian? I mean, you know, I, I think dwelling on what's gone well is something that we don't do enough. And I, I think it's something that the manager 
refers to sometimes, and 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 it's it's easier, I think, to talk about what you'd rather have done differently, who shouldn't be playing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the other thing to point out is this run of of eighteen games. It takes in the whole squad. The whole squad has contributed to this run. In fact, our new signing at 75 million quid's contributed to one. A big one, but he's contributed, contributed to, to it. three points? Uh, he's contributed to, well, he's contributed to going through in the cup. Uh, he's of con- course. He's yeah, contributed was, to the win, yeah. but he's contributed to one. But it's more that everyone in the squad actually played the part. That's one of the, f- the first things I'd be, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be emphasizing. Well, I think the thing that needs emphasizing, I think the thing people need to pay attention to, and, and something that needs to be paid attention to as we go forward through this in and through this transfer window is we're beginning to see a team and a squad that's being shaped in the way the Klopp wants it. We possibly look a little light on the bench at the moment, but he is shaping it. We sat here in May, did various programmes in May, talking about the transfers that the manager wanted. We all had the names. The names were out there. They were public. Everybody knew the players the manager wanted. Everybody knew how much money was to be spent. And we got all the players he wanted and spent the money he wanted to spend. So we were seeing something that was, it was a very definite, limited amount of players he wanted. And he got every single one of them. So he is shaping the team the way he wants it. So if we're coming out to this window at the moment and he doesn't buy anyone, you've got to bear in mind that he's doing it for the same reason he bought or didn't buy the lads he wanted last summer. Obviously, Van Dijk only arrives now. Kaiser only arrives in the summer. But he's got the lads he wants. He's been patient because he's actually got a vision. I think one of the other things we've done very quietly that people aren't paying a deal of attention to, I think one of the things that's making the crowd a little bit more patient is we're turning it on in the second half. Where previously it was a case of we won't bombard people in the first half and see what happens and then maybe sit on it. We're actually, if a first half hasn't gone well, if we haven't had that many shots, if we're a goal down, we know in the second half we can still do it. I think the Leicester game is absolutely crucial to this because I think we learned so to the much. Season. To it feels like Massive. could end up being one that's crucial to the season. That Leicester and Burnley back to back feel like they could end up being really crucial to the season. Yeah, because we had that run of two ones. Was it three two ones on the bounce? And we took something different from every single one, but it showed what we can do as a team and that we've got a resilience now that we might not have had before because that Leicester game last year, we lose. It stays 1-0. Nothing happens. Everyone gets ratty. This season, we showed what we can do. We can come back and the mentality has improved in terms of how we respond to a setback in the same way that we've obviously responded to the Spurs setback which could have derailed the season completely Did I mean what changed significantly after Spurs Gareth I think that we look a little a little more responsible at the back there's maybe a slightly greater sense of seriousness of purpose I don't know what you think yeah well I, I remember talking about this you know previously where I, I think we agreed that almost like a little bit of conservatism a little bit uh, after the Spurs game more taking less risks, um, not always thinking that, you know, you've got to blow a side away in five minutes, more thinking, you know, you've got the 90 here, let's manage the game a little bit better. And look, there's still questions being being thrown at Klopp's side over that. Uh, you know, I've seen a piece in, in, in midweek in one of the papers still saying, well, you know, look, everyone's delighted about, you know, beating Manchester City and ending their long unbeaten run. But at the same time, to concede those goals shows you there's, there's still a problem. And, you know, obviously Klopp battered that away, didn't he? But but, but that's what the cynics will say, that, you know, you, you should have saw that out. You shouldn't be conceding three, albeit against a great side. But I, I, I think they have, there's been loads of examples where you could just see that they were taking less risks. And, you know, we talked about um, Moreno's being better, being, you know, and showing some characters to come back and get in the side. And he, he was one for me that always did take risks, that you'd always saw flying forward, trying to make things happen whipping crosses in when they weren't necessarily on and stuff like that. And I think he's looked a lot um, a lot more careful on the ball and careful what he's doing with the ball. And I remember one game where, you know, Mane was in front of him sort of screaming at him, asking for the ball. 
and he just put his hand up to say, "No, it's all right. You know, we'll just keep it for a bit." Mm. And, and I think that's that that sort of that sensible side to the side has grown and has helped us get results. But but there is that character aspect as well, um, and I think they've shown that at the sort of you know last season as well. You know, maybe some of the football t- towards the end of the season wasn't the greatest, but we were grinding out results, and that that's happened again. You know, Le- Leicester's a good example. But you know, you look at the season as a whole as well. You know, we've only lost three games, three games all season, isn't it? And it, you know, Leicester in the in the League Cup, and then the two in the league. Uh, Tottenham was a shocker, obviously. City, I think, will 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 continue to say forever. What if? What if Mane isn't sent off? And then other than that, yet there were some disappointing draws and and maybe still look back at that and sort of say, should have won that one, should have won that one, should I have a few more points on the board. But just sort of the way the season's going now as well, I'd, I sort of wouldn't, I mean, I'd swap with City, but I wouldn't swap with any of the others really. I mean, you know, like M- Manchester United have gone mad. You know, Mourinho's moaning and arguing with everyone and they seem the Sanchez deal seems a little bit desperate, almost like we've got to do something with this season, let's go and get this fella. Arsenal, as you say, you know, all of a sudden, first time in 20 years that they don't qualify for the Champions League. And it feels like they're in a little bit of a tailspin. They're selling and, and players. Out of the FA Cup as well. Out the FA Cup, selling players. You know, the continued, th- the continued thing with Wenger and should he stay and should he go. Chelsea as well starting to go mad. Why are they buying 36-year-old Peter Crouch, for example? I think they've now said they're not going to do they're that. They're not going to have, yeah. But it was a, I tell you what, it was a big, a big it was 18 a hours link. for all of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and just in its sort of semi-humorous sense as well. I mean, Chelsea down to nine men against um, Norwich in midweek mm. in, in the FA Cup. I mean, I don't know. I didn't see all of that game, saw bits of it, but it, it, maybe that's symptomatic of a club that's in it, yeah. not in crisis, but certainly, you know... I think on a bit of a tightrope, a bit of a tightrope, yeah, Chelsea, yeah, I think the, they could the, fall into the, the, five draws now. Their own, their own mentality appears to be quite fragile, and I think you can see that in, in Conte and his demeanour on the touchline as well. So these are things that Liverpool really should be absolutely maximising their advantage on. Mm. Um, and it's a key time of the season, and it's time for Liverpool to push on. And for me, you know, that's the way you do that is to is, is to accentuate the positive of the eighteen games, and then reinvest some of that money that we've just taken in from from uh, Philip Coutinho, one hundred and forty five million sloshing around in the bank. I think the other thing that you need to raise as well is what the manager learned from last season, and he clearly is. He's shown these manager learns because he looked at what happened across December, January last year. And how it destroyed the season. Well, the rotation's been unreal. The rotation's yeah. been incredible. It's the best it, it, rotation I think I've ever seen. I think um, agreed, one hundred percent, Ian. Um, but I would caveat that with um, the fact that the, the, the two unnecessary draws. Where I, I think he got the rotation policy the wrong way round against West Brom and Everton, um, and he selected a, a better side against West Brom that ended in a goal. Was it goal draw? Goal draw, yeah. And and effective. And we also played a weak, a, a relatively weakened side against Everton. Um, hopefully that's a, a mistake that he'll learn from in due course I think it's fair to say that he has learned from last season um, overall in terms yeah. of rotation and the policy as a whole has been successful and that's part of the 18 game winning run but I think you know I'm not, I don't wish to be cherish about that but I think he got those two wrong they, they were four points we could have had in addition to the ones that we've won um, over those 18 games uh, including cup ties uh, all right, this is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. We're going to keep going through all of what's the, the current situation around the club. Uh, don't go anywhere. Back in a second. 
that is mystified by in excess. Uh, whilst that was playing, we were having a lovely chat about uh, Michael Hutchinson explaining the notion of him to a much younger person. But anyway, we'll move ourselves forward now. Uh, with the, Back to the talk of uh, the reasons why there are positives, but there are also one or two things that are going to always nibble away. I think one of the reasons though, why we've gone onto the radar a bit, Gareth, is because of Manchester City. And it's because yeah. of the Manchester City result now that everyone's gone, hang on. You know, these have, they're the ones who've beaten them. They find themselves, as you say, third in the league. They're only three points behind United in second. They've got everything else that's going for them. But it, because of that, we've just sort of... I think we've been our own thing for a while, and that's helped. But the pressure's going to start coming on a little bit now as well, and we're going to have to respond to that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's no surprises now about Liverpool. I mean, you mentioned earlier that sort of someone was surprised when you told them that we'd be on that run. I think, you know, we've been we've been the story, if you like, this week. You know, everyone's been talking about Liverpool. Everyone, all of a sudden, is talking about Firmino, where they weren't before. And, you know, I wrote something this week saying that, really, that, you know, he's not, he's not really gone on the, under the radar for us. You know, as Liverpool fans who are watching him week in, week out, he's, you know, we appreciate what he does, but I think he's in, like, he's in the national consciousness now as being a good mm. player all of a sudden after he's done what he's done against City. And, and so perhaps now, you know, you might see, you know, managers becoming meaner, if you like, when they're setting up against Liverpool all of a sudden again, you know, perhaps where some of them maybe you know, thought he could have a little bit of a go, all of a sudden, you know... Whole man away now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just set up and and, and scrap and, and, you know, frustrate Liverpool. I mean, I've already seen the Swansea manager today, you know, describing the game on Monday as as David v Goliath and all this sort of thing and and, and saying that, you know, Liverpool, even Sean of Coutinho are, are, are a brilliant side and they've got all these good players. So, you know, you can sort of see where that's going already. And, and maybe we see that more and more. And there, there is a pressure. That, you know, it does bring a pressure. The higher you get up the table, the better you play. All of a sudden now people are talking about us very positively. Then yet that brings a, a different type of pressure all of a sudden. And Liverpool have just got to keep performing. I think we responded to a form of pressure this season. Ian. I think after the Spurs results, the way in which it went, the performance, there was a little bit of, lads, we've got to do this. Because if we don't do it now, we can find ourselves where Arsenal are now, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I think that they have responded to that. But that, I think that's there's different things, isn't there? There's pressure and there's expectation. And I think for the first time, this pressure now will become a form of expectation. If you know, Let's just use Monday night. We're going to talk about it more later. But as an example, if you are 18 unbeaten and you are going to the side who are bottom and who you have beaten 5-0 quite recently, the form of pressure is, lads, you should definitely be beating these. And if you don't, you've let the side down. Yeah, and I mean, obviously that would never come from within the club, but it is it is taken that we should beat Swansea. Swansea, it's one of those games you look at and go, it's a no-brainer. So they then become the most difficult games. And as Gareth was saying, it's going to be the clubs who weren't previously bus parkers who are going to start parking the bus against us because they know they're frustrated at this time. But we've got enough in our locker now. We've solved enough problems in this 18-game run because we've had a, enough... We've had enough wins that have been varied and have demanded different performances. And we've also had the issues where we've had draws that we know we shouldn't have had and we know what we need to do to surmount them. That I think we can, there's very little that people can do that will surprise us or frustrate us as much as it used to be. I think we're learning a, a huge amount. We're on a fantastic learning arc at the moment. And we are taking the experience of each game into the next game, as you always should, obviously. It's, you know, it's a cliche, it's a truism. But we are, as a team, we're performing differently. We're not, you know, my whole thing has always been, well, you go out and be, just be Liverpool against who you're playing, be be Liverpool. But we're being a different Liverpool against everyone. Even, you know, for City, we changed the shape of the midfield, which no one saw coming. Uh, seriousness of purpose and atmosphere, I think, is an interesting sort of study almost, Mike, to be honest with you, that Liverpool has shown greater and greater seriousness of purpose. And I think the tight games have obviously helped within that, you know, makes a massive difference to the atmosphere. But it's worth saying, 
home and away, the atmosphere around the spectators, the people that on the on the on the sidelines more active than spectators because spectators indicates that you can't actually have an impact on the football match that's in front of you. Whereas part of the point of atmospheres within football matches is that you can have an impact, and I think we've seen that too. Yeah, and it was never better represented that whole idea really against Manchester City, where I think it's fair to say that the crowd took the lead from the team and the and, and the way that the team played with that intensity. Um, and I think it's fair to say that generally speaking, Liverpool have played some brilliant football in some in some brilliant games of football. Um, and City, as I say, is the the best representation of that. Um, I think what I mean, Ian's right to say we we've won games two one. Um, but I think for me, it's been generally speaking, the Burnley away is the exception to the rule still. Um, and Leicester City, um, we won, won that game 2-1 over Christmas. Leicester played play a fairly open game. Um, they like to, they like to have a go at you. Um, you can you can catch them on the counter. We did. We put them under pressure. We played really well. It was a great result. Um, but I, th- I still think we, we've, we've still got something to prove against managers that want to take the emotion out of, out of football yeah. matches. The emotion that we thrive in, the emotion that we thrived on against Manchester City. Do you think Swansea City. away Monday night sort of suits us because of that? They're at home, it's on yeah, the they, telly, they, 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 they that need, could help and they, us. And they, and they need points, they've got, it, they've got it, you know, the home side, the uh, home side always demands that. Um, and I think, I think, you know, just to try and put some balance or try to be mm. as unbiased as possible as a Liverpool supporter, I, I still think that we've got to recognise the fact that against managers that have successfully taken emotion out of fixtures at Anfield and kill the crowd, if you like, um, which used to be our thing in Europe, by the way, years yeah. ago, kill the crowd, take the emotion out of it and then sucker them uh, later on against great opponents in Europe. But still this season, Mourinho, the the, the arch, uh, the mm. archetypal spoiler, um, and then less celebrated names, Alan Pardew, West Bromwich Albion, Sean Dyche, Burnley, um, and of course, Big Sam over the park. Um, the, le- the league version of Big Sam rather than the cup version where he tried to play a bit yeah, of football. He, he did a little bit and actually, they, to be fair, they actually played, did that remarkably well and mm. were possibly, arguably, the better side in that game, Everton. Um, so there's four examples there of where... And emotion- then four shots. Well... We had about know, 20. All right, okay. Maybe I'm stretching the point. <laughs> Let's remember on um, local radio here, Michael. This I, I, is not behind the paywall where, you know, we can, we can go this way. Let's remember there's Evertonians listening to this and we need to make a point to them. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm just... <laughs> For, for the sake of the Evertonian listenership, I'm being entirely fair and <laughs> giving an unbiased opinion. Um, they had to but, go and they weren't good enough. But there, there are those four examples where emotion has been taken out of the game. Managers have successfully set themselves up to foil Liverpool. And Liverpool, in all of those games, didn't play particularly well um, and, and weren't riotous and weren't brilliant and they weren't games of football. I think I still think it's it, it, it's a fair point to say that that's something that Jürgen still needs to work on. How to break those teams down. I think Ian's right. I think we've been, we've been, but we're getting better at it. But it's, it's something for me that isn't entirely solved just yet. It's the worry this around Coutinho, Gareth. I was never worried. You know, when we're talking about how well things have been going, things aren't perfect. Coutinho going was a kick in the teeth, and it remains a sticking point. Not just about the reinvesting the money, which we'll come on to talk about, but for me. When it happened, I was thinking we've got to beat Swansea. I wasn't thinking we've got to beat City because City felt like its own thing. It almost felt like it's it almost felt like it was like a test match. It was something almost a little bit different. And yeah, you still get three points for it and it's made a massive difference. But it it felt like we'll just see what that is and we'll see how that goes. For me, we know what Swansea are gonna try and do. So the idea that if we do if we do look like we lack a bit of creativity, a bit of flair, someone to pull something out of the hat from nowhere, straight away people will be saying very, very quickly, you know what, we miss Coutinho there. Yeah, of course they will. It's coming now. I mean you know, as soon as there's any slip from Liverpool, any game that they draw or any game, you know, that they aren't turning it on, 
people will say, well, there you go, there's the game where they've missed Coutinho. There. That will inevitably happen. And he was a talented player and there were, you know, there were plenty of times he pulled Liverpool out of the, the mire with a free kick, with a goal from outside the box by just simply driving forward as well, the way he plays. You know, he was a positive player. He's probably the best player in, in the squad as well at sort of picking an early pass as well. And as a supply line to Firmino, yeah. Mane and um, the other guy. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, Oxlade-Chamberlain played really well against City and, and, you know, we got a great start and, we, you know, we all, we all, we all loved that game. But there, there will inevitably be games where, where we end up saying, you know, that was a game there where, where we've missed a little bit of magic from Coutinho and that is why, as you know, that, that is why I think Liverpool should still be looking to dip into the transfer market before it closes. We're in a great position. It's a, it offers a great opportunity this season. And part of the opportunity is going get going out to the squad again. I mean, you saw today that Klopp said uh, Woodburn isn't going to go out on loan now, just in case we need him. Well, that, leaning on the idea of of playing a kid again at any point doesn't really fill me with loads of hope. I mean, I, I think Woodburn's a promising player, but you need someone who's proven, someone who's got the figures behind them, someone ideally who's played in the Premier League, um, so that so that they can almost drop straight in and, and win games for you. Um, I mean, th- this Swansea game does bring its own pressure in at the bottom of the league. Um, you know, they've got an awful record. And Liverpool should be beating them. And so that brings a, a pressure of its own. Spurs went there earlier this month. They won there. City did it last month. United went there in August and won comfortably. Liverpool have got to go and do that again. It's what the big sides do. This is the Anfield Wrap on Radio City. Talk. We'll talk more about what's happening in the transfer market after break. We'll also have a brief chat as well about John Flanagan. Uh, we're also going to uh, mention to you that the we're going to mention tour player. Uh, we want you to do that. Subscribe £5 a month, theanfieldwrap.com forward slash subscribe to see that there's lots of great writing on the website as well theanfieldrap.com and you can find us as well now on YouTube doing a daily video talking reds that's available uh, every single day and it's uh, going from strength to strength so if you want a daily update as to what Liverpool are doing you can find us there on YouTube just search for the Anfield Rap and the most recent one will pop up this is the Anfield Rap don't go anywhere we'll be back just after this Welcome back to the Anfield Wrap on Radio City Talk. Things haven't been great. We're going to go on to talk about the transfers in a minute and Liverpool needing another front three option, which I passionately believe. Uh, but before that, Gareth, the John Flanagan situation in the context of, I mean, in general, the club is active. The club are running these forums at the minute. They're trying, I think that, that there's an effort there being made at different levels of the club to engage in different ways. And there was a very, very strong statement by the club around Flanagan, the incident that, that, uh, that happened on Duke Street uh, a few weeks back. It seems to me as though the club's tried to be sort of proactive there, but there will still be people completely understandably who are, who are calling for him to be sacked. Yeah, and there's plenty of them, and, and I think it's perfectly understandable as, as as to why they're doing that, really. I mean, I think I, my my thing on these things is, is what would happen if it wasn't football. And I always think if you were in some top job somewhere else, yeah, the uh, if you're in a top job elsewhere, you would probably lose your job over something like this. Um it just seems that you know he's going to be allowed to to see out his contract and then and then be told you know that's it and, and off he goes or just go in the summer on a, on a fee or something. yeah um, I mean th- there's obviously been other incidents as well hasn't there you know you, you had Firmino with the uh, with that incident with the drink driving um, I think Liverpool put out a much more supportive statement in that case but but you know p- there's people having arguments on the internet now about you know what what constitutes a, a good crime and a bad crime there's obviously no such thing but. I think the, the you know the sort of domestic violence aspect of it does leave a, a really sort of horrible taste in your mouth, and it, it is someone who's represented Liverpool and let Liverpool down. And so yeah, it's it's perfectly understandable that people would, would want him sacked. Um, but it, at the same time, you know Liverpool have stood by a lot of players down the years. You know Jan Moby obviously went to 
went to jail a long time a long time ago. Liverpool stood by him when he got out again. Um, other clubs have done similar, and so it's it, it, it's stay, it, it's because of the value in the player almost, isn't it? It's because of the value in contracts. I, I think at times and. Uh, you know, me personally, my personal point of view is that you know it would have been nice for Liverpool to make a stance on this one and just say no, that's it, Ta-ra. You know, and we we can't be associated with, with with someone who's done that crime. Okay, I want to move ourselves along and talk about uh, the, the the games that are coming up thick and fast and the the feel good factor. To be honest, um, and how it continues because my huge concern Ian, is the manager. You praised the manager for his rotation. You praised it rightly. Said he's got it broadly yep. speaking spot on. I understand Mike's point that maybe he got he got one 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 run of games the wrong way around. But if we're giving him nine out of ten, I think you'd take nine out of ten at any level for something as difficult as this. He's vindicated the policies worked. We've sold Philip Coutinho, and now the policy is significantly harder to enact. Yeah, suddenly we look to have. You know, we're just looking at it off air there. The the options that we have on the bench. And the options that we have on the bench basically amount to, if you take the first team, imagine the first 11 being the first 11 that played against City, and then your options on the bench are Lalana, Henderson, and Milner, realistically. Anybody else is a substitute and isn't really a game-changing substitute at the moment. Um, as Mike was saying a couple of minutes ago, of, uh, Ings and Solanke aren't necessarily the threat that you would want, and Woodburn is still an option. So, you know, losing Coutinho, Sturridge clearly being out of the picture now, we, we do look a little thinner than we did. Part of the point of the summer was not to rely on someone like Ben Woodburn, Mike. And my frustration will be if Liverpool have done all this good work and we're right to be praising them, they should be praised to the skies or just shy of the skies. They can't have done much better since what happened to Tottenham. They really cannot have done that much better. In, in any other season, it would be the, the, the marker run of the season no, so far. Man City, Man City are the exception. But the games now do intensify. We play on Monday against Swansea, then it's Saturday against West Brom, then it's Tuesday against Huddersfield, and then it finds itself being Sunday against Tottenham. You then get a breather, and then it intensifies again. It's three games in a week, Southampton, Porto, uh, very close together, and then uh, and then the fifth round of the FA Cup that we hope to be in, and we want to be in, and we want to be able to go deep in these competitions. And that's where I'm, th- I'm desperate to see the club move and find a way to get another front third player not from three players sorry not not simply because I like new shiny things although we all do to some extent and not even that that player comes in and scores 15-20 goals between now and the end of the season more the idea that a really good quality option who opposition defences have to worry about are able to give that current front three some of those lads a rest no, absolutely and you know I think we said in the first part of the show um, that the, the rotation policy the way that it was executed by my one caveat was 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 excellent, and it, you know, and it's bore it's borne its reward, um, and it was a rotation po- policy where Jürgen was able to select three from four. Um, he loses Phil Coutinho. What he loses in real terms there on the statistics front of view, um, or point of view rather, is twenty three goals in which he either scores or assists, and as it stands, he can replace that player with uh, Ben Woodburn, who I like. I, I think he shows loads of promise, but he's a kid. Uh, and he's never scored a goal in the Premier League. Uh, Danny Ings, who hasn't played for two years practically, and certainly hasn't scored a goal in two years. And Dominic Solanke, who's never scored a goal in senior or storage, football. But there's all the question well, marks that exist and, around Sturridge. And I, you know, as a betting man, I would I would suggest that Sturridge might well leave before the uh, the end of the, the window as well. That maybe might be yet another departure. Um, and to me, it's it what we've done really well over the last three months since Spurs won't be as easily sustainable if we don't invest. 
Um, and it's it's not a it's not a question of wait. I'm sick and tired of, of of Liverpool saying I'm going to wait for the summer. I'm going to wait till next season. This season is vibrant. It's alive. Liverpool are in the FA Cup. They can win the FA Cup. They can win the Champions League. They can come second in the league. To not bolster the squad at that point at this point of the season is to to me deliberately jeopardise um, our chances of doing any of those things. That you know the top four it's still up for grabs. It's still relatively tight. There's chances to win silverware. We haven't won enough stuff in the last 12 years as a football club. To not buy anyone now with that amount of money in the bank or not to be seen to be doing so, as intimated by Jurgen Klopp in the media today, is just madness to me. It's utter madness. Yeah, I mean, the the, the comments in the press conference do concern me a little bit. I mean, what he did say there was that uh, if some, he said, if something jumps in my face, then maybe we'll think about it, but we aren't actively looking for a new player. We don't know. Uh, which isn't quite saying we won't do anything. It, it, it seems it, it, it's back to this thing of he only wants to buy who he wants to buy and all that sort of thing. So maybe, you know, you could say he knows who Thomas Lamar is, for instance, because they've been linked to him repeatedly a bit, supposedly went in in the summer and that sort of thing. So maybe that can still happen. Other names perhaps that have regularly cropped up as being Liverpool links. Um, but yeah, I'm with Mike really that, you know, you're only a sort of Firmino injury away from wondering quite what you're doing with your front three and then all of a sudden you know games become harder to win um and i i would like i would like some quality back up some someone else to to vie for those places particularly having lost you know Coutinho who can operate in the front three or in the mid in the, in the midfield you, see, you feel as though Gareth you can just before I put a pull in and Mike back in you feel as though you can you can understand the idea of Coutinho with Lallana coming back to fruition you can understand that the midfield can still function you know I, I'm not I'm not as concerned about that. What mm. I what 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 struck me though this season, what we were doing very very well, was just looking after those lads who were in attack. Yeah, no, precisely. He's he, as we've all said in, on this show, you know, it was quite clear that from the very start. I think as early as sort of Crystal Palace, uh, it was obvious that he was going with 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 heavy rotation, if you like, all the way through the season, and that's what he's done. And he has wrapped them up well, um, but. More options will obviously help you to continue to do that for the rest of the season. It's been a successful policy, so it needs to have the quality of squad to continue to do that. And like I said, you know, to see Woodburn now sort of being told, "Well, we don't want you to go away and get your football. You might get some here." Little bit of a concern that I'm with Mike in that. I think he shows absolutely loads of promise. I like him as a footballer. I like his attitude and everything else. But he is a kid. He is a kid, and 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 to rely on a kid or or not even rely on him, be putting him in and big potentially really big games in the second half of the season, saying go out there and do something, lad. I mean, it's not that long ago that you know him and Trent were getting hooked. Stoke away, yeah. and it's a great comparison. We do not want to get back to that point. Yeah. Got to go in first, then Mike Ian. Well, I think there can be some optimism in there because, in terms of numbers, we've only lost one footballer. I mean, he's a ridiculously talented footballer, and nobody wants to lose him. But in terms of numbers, we're only one man down. In terms of options, that's at least two men down because he would play the midfield and he would play a position up front. So he he was multifunctional in that, and you don't see any other player who's quite as multifunctional in terms of their ability to do that. Chamberlain has shown that he can do it to an extent. Lalana, I'm not as fussed on seeing Lalana up front any longer. I think he is a midfield player and he does give you that option there. So midfield still looks good. The front still looks light. And it, it could be that we're looking at Woodburn for FA Cup games. If the if we get past West Brom and the draft to West Brom is kind to us, then it could be a game where Woodburn gets his game and it gives somebody a rest. I think the thing is, though, it's, it's the semantics. I've not heard the press conference. I've only seen it reported. And Jürgen says, 
we're not looking for any player we don't know. Now, it's where the comma comes in that sentence, isn't it? We're not looking for any player, comma, we don't know. Shows we don't know what we're doing. Or we're not looking for any player we don't already know. They could be looking for players. They could still be trying to land lads. We've still got 11 days to land lads. And it's it's the semantics of that sentence that'll make all the difference this season. Yeah, and, and to be fair, Ian's exactly right. We don't know, and we'll only know on the 31st of January. That's he did it. also say, I wouldn't say we are ac- active. No. So, no. I mean, did he? I, yeah, did so, I mean that, that doesn't sound great. The inference is there that we're not going to do anything, and the, and the history tells you that we're not going to do anything. Liverpool repeatedly make comments about January being a difficult time to secure signings, um, you know, through through clubs' resistance to moves. Um, we're obviously a little bit more easy in that department in terms of taking money at this time of year, as recently illustrated. Um, whereas RB Leipzig, when we make inquiries to see if he can come early, they say no. Because we're, we're at a key point of the season. He's, our, he's still our player, technically. Um, so they, 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 they've stood firm. Um, but what we haven't considered, I mean, Gareth alluded to um, to injury. You know, and he, he spoke about Firmino, a hamstring, whatever. Um, the same applies to Mane. The same applies to Salah, who's played a lot of games this season. They could easily um, pull a hammy tomorrow. Um, we don't know. Not Well, maybe not tomorrow, but maybe Monday. Um, and then you, you, what we also aren't considering, considering is the vagaries of form fatigue because there's a lot of games coming up the more successful they are that brings more and more games and also suspension I'll just take you back to 2014 we're on on the verge of our first league league title for 25 years Jordan Henderson gets a red card can't play in the last three games and Liverpool suffer for it and the manager says at the time says it well he said retrospectively the moment he knew Henderson was out that was the begin. that was the point where he began to doubt Liverpool could get over the line who's to say that's not going to happen again um, whether in midfield, but particularly up front, so to, to not to get to go into this part of the season where there's so much at stake with three proven strikers in a team that plays three up front is just complete folly. This is the Anfield wrap. We're going to be talking about Swansea in a minute or two. Before then, these are the one eyes, and this is the you and me song. Before we look ahead to Swansea, and before we look ahead to the whole weekend, really, after getting excited about where the Reds are, I've got Gareth Roberts and Mike Nevin with me to talk about. What's on Red's Bet uh, this week? Uh, Red's Bet, if you didn't hear this week, they've become our partners and we're very, very pleased to have them. Uh, obviously, around gambling, we want to ask you to do it responsibly and enjoyably. And our Red's Bet partnership is very much about you coming over to Red's Bet if you do gamble elsewhere in order to take advantage of the fact that 50% of all monies lost uh, go back into Liverpool supporter-based causes uh, with Red's Bet. I've got Mike Nevin with me who writes some of the bets for Red's Bet. And basically, you're just having fun doing puns. Yeah, it's all about having a massive laugh. Um, and, you know, it, just to reiterate the, uh, you know, responsible gambling, responsible responsible gaming uh, message, that's absolutely uh, key to what we believe in. But uh, if you do have a bet, then uh, you can have a massive laugh with, with Red's bet. So uh, do you want me to read out some of this week's... Um, read out some of your specials, Specials yeah. for Swansea on Monday night. So okay. the fir- first bet, um, I'm not, I'm not going to give out the... Um, I'm going to give out the prices. I'd prefer you to just find out the prices if you just go onto the site, which is red, redsbet.com. Okay. Um, um, but it, it's all about the puns. It's all about the laugh. So one of the bets is Liverpool to win from behind. So if we go go be, if we go behind and then end up winning the game, uh, that bet is it's not unusual to be mugged by anyone. Um, we've got Tom Jones reference there for the teenagers. Yes, indeed. Yeah, uh, old Tom, great singer, great man. Um, then we've got. Uh, <laughs> We've got Dirty Sanchez, which is any red card in the match. We've got Welsh rare bet, and that's Liverpool to win to nil. We, you know, we do concede from time to time. It's a rarity, so Welsh rare bet. 
Um, great, <laughs> great little ground, great little ground down in South Wales. Awful long way to go. I drove there last season, so it's Liverpool to win four nil, and that's taking the liberty, taking the the liberty or taking liberty. Um, and then we've got some combination bets as well. Obviously, you know our main rivals, the Ev. Uh, we'll, do, we'll do them at the end. We'll okay, we'll go back them. to them. Fine. Have, you got any, have you got any puns lined up for this one, Gareth? I mean, this is this is this is this is what you live and die yeah, for. Yeah, I mean, I, I was trying to think about what my go-to ones were for any time you know we're involved anything to do with the what the Welsh and it, you know you could have done one, couldn't you? Like I don't know if one of their players they scored and sang. Well, it's a swan song. Uh, I actually suggested <laughs> that, but it was knocked back. Uh, <laughs> if we got beat by them, that would be what. Have to take. Ooh, very, very I'll good. Tell you what, you have to take. Here, here there, is you know. a here is a man touting for a job. Seriously, he's looking for he's uh, looking for a, 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 a transfer before uh, the end of January. What about have to, to take is the business, mate? Or superb. what about if we you know, like conceded, say you know three or four or something? It could be a, a leaky defense. Oh my word, this fella is on. He's on. He's on fire. Soz, you know, uh, I, I do love all that stuff. He's been schooled. He's been. He's gone to the school of hard knocks. For I, this think I, stuff, uh, I think I might. I think I might adopt him into me. Uh, me mini pool of uh, pun writers. Um, yeah, you got the job, mate. Cheers, mate. Still uh, got it. Still, still. Yeah, you'll never lose it. We were talking about that last night, weren't we? That yeah. you'll never lose it. You're saying you can just walk back into the sports and do it tomorrow. Easy. Yeah. No, it's, Easy. it's an ever-growing pool of, uh, of writers for this, um, and I, I'm basically managing this uh, and, and, and sort of basically vetting the considerations. But Robbo's made a very, very strong representation. There. Tough to take. Tough to take. <laughs> Tough to take. I mean, yeah. you're gonna have to. You might have to bring them now and say That's you need right. to get that on. Well, to it's be probably time to get it on the site. Um, we, might, we just need to think about the odds. Last weekend, uh, I actually, I, it was mad. People were pointing it out to me. I actually predicted that Bournemouth two one, and I went Liverpool four two against City. So it was not far off. And actually, I had a bet on Liverpool four two. Yeah, if the goalkeeper could keep one out like that, Adele would be lovely, it? wouldn't it? Yeah, um, he'd make a dive. That'd do as well. Uh, we're going to do that. We'll do that in the proper football bit. Oh, okay, uh, if yeah, you want, yeah. if, you, if you want to do that there, yeah, uh, we've got that bit to come. But yeah, so I nearly did that. And I, 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 I have the occasional uh, gamble, and certainly around events. And I like to go to the horse racing. I do like to go to the horse racing. Uh, but yeah, I did that last week, and I was, you know, one of them really where it goes where it's it's four one and you're in the ground and you know you obviously want the Reds to win and I'm so I you know I'm, I'd love to have seen it go five yeah. but when it goes four two then you think uh, four two on eighty four yeah I really am I really was thinking right can we just stop now yeah that will I had five quid on it uh, with whatever the bookmaker was and it was a uh, fifty to one and I was like right lads this will do and the fury the fury I had when it went 4-3 was deep inside me that's right oh, I, like, I mean it felt like a consolation goal even even to make it 4-3 but nonetheless you know if you've got an interest in the game um, huge interest as, you, as, your, as your own there then you know obviously that's uh, uh, an added uh, an it's, added worry should we say honestly gone um, the house deposit fund and everything can I that. just make a, a sort of semi-serious point about it though because whilst I've been working for Redbet which is only Literally uh, since Monday, I've spoken to a lot of people who say they don't bet, and that's absolutely fine, and um, we, res- we respect that completely. Um, but then they say, um, "But I do bet on the Grand National." So um, even if it's only like once a year, and you want to have a bet on our, you know, our famous race in Liverpool, then just do it with Reds bet. Um, there'll, there'll be competitive odds on the Grand National, competitive odds on Liverpool, and as I say, there'll be lots of like national-based puns that will be Liverpool-centric <laughs> uh, that people will get. Um, I'm right. I'm writing them already. Um, <laughs> can't wait. So uh, yeah, there'll, there'll be all kinds of puns for Ladies' Day, Grand National Day, Grand Opening Day. Um, so if it, if it is just a once a year thing, just do it with us because um, we'll look after you and half the net profits 
um, that we make will go back into Liverpool-centric causes, fan causes. Um, you mentioned in there the, the other stuff as well, the snooker stuff that's happening right now uh, as we're recording this little conversation, Mike. The stuff that's... It's, it is also... It's, it isn't just football, it isn't just Liverpool. No, you can bet on any sport you like. Um, the, the Winter Olympics is coming up. You'll be able to bet on that if you're in, into your winter sports. Um, if you like golf, I know golf is like a, a big uh, a big area for people to take an interest in the Masters, the Open, that sort of thing. Of course, you'll be able to bet on that or any other golf tournament. Um, any other football bets, you know, you can bet on Spurs, you can bet on Burnley, you can bet on Everton. Um, that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, any sport you like is just like uh, any other any mm. other uh, betting site really online. It's got loads of options, um, multiple bets, whatever whatever you want to do. Really, just have, you know, go on there, have a laugh, just be, you know, be, behave responsibly, behave as you normally would do with uh, with, with one of our competitors. Excellent. Uh, I nearly went to Hayda Park this weekend. Some racing there, and I nearly went, but we decided to go to Roller Derby instead. Uh, though I do sort of, I do love a good race meeting. Uh, so I was, I do acknowledge it's a bit weird. Like I, I always thought, like as a couple, we could become one of those couples who goes to race meetings, Definitely. which is really odd. But I think it's a, it's, a, it's like a nice thing. Well, I, I don't know what you're insinuating there, Neil, because me and my wife have been to the Grand National. Uh, oh no, we've got the uh, national. Uh, I don't count the national. I, I mean, mean, the there's idea not that, horse racing. No, no, I, just that, like that's going to the national. What I mean meetings. is, what I mean is the idea that suddenly we're going to Utoxas the next weekend, yeah. and then and then four weeks later, what no, I say, what I, what, you a, know. I mean, it's a brilliant day out, um, and you know, many people will vouch for this. You know, horse racing. Don't even have to bet. It's still a great day. It's still a great day out. And um, as I say, me, me and my missus um, for twenty five years have gone to the Grand National every year. It's our like special day out. It's our. It was one of our first dates. How romantic am I? Um, and it's something. I feel like if I don't go on a national, the only national I've missed actually. Uh, tell, a, tell a slight lie was the year that we played Everton in the semi final. Um, and I simply couldn't take the idea of being at the national when Liverpool were playing Everton at Wembley in an FA Cup semi final. That was the only time. Other than that, um, there was a famous guy called Reg Green who was a, an historian of, of, of Aintree, historian of the Grand National, and uh, he passed away sadly uh, a number of years ago. And uh, I'm actually sort of uh, basically gig- gigging for this uh, to become the new Reg Green. Um, great, <laughs> great man, uh, national expert, horse racing expert. Who to you? Just, so and it's just you know what it's just it's grateful it's oh, grateful. Last thing I want you to read out is what I said not to, to, to hang on to before, which is the specials uh, around the idea that you can you, you can you can punt on oh a great weekend for Liverpool, a pretty good weekend for Liverpool, and also a pretty horrible weekend for Liverpool. Explain that to people. Yeah, so I mean it, it's basically a combination bet. So I mean you know as as a Liverpool fan, um, our two main rivals, um, you know, are Everton and Manchester United. Uh, Everton fans will be delighted to hear that they uh, remain one of our main rivals, Manchester United. Um, probably will be disappointed to find out that perhaps Everton are our biggest rival. I don't mind admitting that. I think Gareth will be with, with me on that. Yeah. Um, so the, the combination bets this weekend. Um, you've got your so your perfect weekend uh, is Liverpool to win, Everton to lose, and Man United to lose. Um, I've actually got the prices here on my phone. So that's thirty-five to one. You put a pound on that, you win thirty-six pounds. Um, a great weekend. Well, not quite perfect, but Liverpool to win, Everton fail to win. Manchester United fail to win, so if they both draw and Liverpool win, then you know you're in the money there. That's five to one, so a pound on wins you six back. Uh, or a horrible weekend, uh, and this is your insurance bet. Uh, a good friend of she ours, bet, yeah, bet. a good friend of ours, Rob Gutman, um, backs any eventuality that leaves him disappointed at the final whistle. So that this week's uh, horrible weekend is Liverpool to lose, Everton to win, Manchester United win. Console yourself at forty to one. But have a pound on that, and uh, you'll get forty-one pounds worth of of drinks vouchers back um, to 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 drown your sorrows. Excellent stuff. So thank you very much indeed, Mike, coming in and doing that with us. And we'll get back over. We'll talk now about Liverpool going to Swansea, doing the business there, and hopefully it will not be tough to take. 
You and me song by the Wanna Dies. Uh, this is Neil Atkinson finishing the Anfield wrap off this week, looking ahead to Swansea, Mike Nevin, Gareth Roberts, and Ian Salmon in front of me. Uh, and we've been mostly positive, though we are questioning, obviously, the idea of Liverpool maybe trying to find some sort of way to get another player in. But we feel as though we should be backing our boys. We go into the Swansea game, and Swansea find themselves absolutely massive outsiders in a game where there's only three outcomes. Uh, the, the idea that Swansea win is the least likely, supposedly, by some distance. Um, it would be a massive kick in the teeth to make a mess of this now. Uh, there has been a big break in terms of days between games Gareth sometimes the manager talks about understandably about rhythm within all of this but insofar as any away game is a game where you expect Liverpoolian victory um, this is probably the, the the biggest one of them so far this season this is a game Liverpool should be winning yeah absolutely you mentioned earlier that you know you've seen other sides go there and, and win fairly comfortably they seem to be in a little bit of a bad place uh, I think their top scorers out as well. You know, the, their managers calling it David and Goliath and not really sort of giving them much of a chance, uh, except if they fire a stone in our face or something. Um, so it's um, the, Liverpool should win it, obviously. And, you know, the, the stats are awful for, for, for Swansea. I mean, just the league table for, you know, 14 goals in 23 games, 35 conceded. You know, that tells its own story. And they are rock bottom of the league, change the manager. Um, create so few chances it, it, yeah I mean they're, they're just they're awful to watch as well I mean you know Liverpool did them for five obviously on Boxing Day uh, I watched the, I watched when they played against Everton and they were awful um, and, and you know and Everton weren't great at that time either and, and yet Everton won comfortably so yeah you, you just you just you can't see anything other than a Liverpool win and that is why you know you can get like 12 to 1 or whatever on Swansea and you know You've got to go there and win. Got to go there and, and keep this momentum up. And the only thing that you sort of think might go against Liverpool a little bit is complacency. But I, th- I, th- I thought, you know, we criticised what Klopp was saying about transfers in the press conference. But I thought actually on the Swansea game, he, he showed anything but complacency. He was saying it's not. It, he, he was actually doing the other thing and saying it, it's a difficult place to get to. It, it, it's it's a bit of an awkward away trip, uh, even even though you know they've got all these great facilities at their disposal and that sort of thing. So. I think he's right to do that because yeah, great facilities don't get you to motorway through Mid Wales. Well, exactly, there isn't yeah. one. Exactly. So I think, and I think he's right to do all that because because Liverpool's mindset as a, as a collective has got to be right. And I think if it is, and I think it will be, then I can't see anything other than three points for the Reds. It's it's one way you wouldn't want to see in terms of the seriousness, Ian. It's one way you wouldn't want to see any messing around and selection. I mean, I want I'd like to see Liverpool go something that's very very close to to what we saw against Manchester City. There's a couple of other players in the in, you know maybe around. Suppose the storage is. is back approaching Lallana could delay claim to getting a start against City uh, Henderson's back in training Moreno's back in training but you, you'd sort of you know we've got an FA Cup fourth round game against West Brom where they were coming on the horizon where maybe if some lads do need to get some time back on the pitch after injury that's one for them this one to me I'd almost want to be able to say right boys you, it was nine or ten of you did this last game Van Dijk's in back in now let's, uh, let, let's get this done and let's get it done well yeah, I think that's the only change you want to make. Van Dijk's in, and you might want to swap Gomez for Trent, and that's that's it, just to swap it up a little bit for them to give them some rest time. But but that's it. Just go treat it as seriously as we treated Sizzy. United are still three points ahead of us. There's still some catching could be, up. To could do. be six points by the time we kick off. Could be six by the time we kick off. So we still need to keep holding. There will be points where we can catch up because you can see them having the same sort of slump they had in December again it's always within them I think it's always within a Mourinho team to go into that kind of sequence of drills that, that we did ourselves earlier in the season but I think you treat this as you treat the City and you just go out 
And you say, take the game to them. They're there to have the game taken to them, but we do it in a measured and calm manner. There's an intensity uh, that Liverpool need to show, Mike. And you said before about manage, opposition managers, uh, sides trying to kill games and all this sort of stuff. One of the things that strikes me is Swansea are in a, I think one of the reasons why they are where they are in the league is that they're not built for one thing nor to other, really. Mm. There's an element here that they're not, they're not properly built for the idea that the dog games and they're horrific and they, and, and they drain the life out of you on the one hand. They've got a, they, it's very difficult for them to pick a midfield that doesn't have footballers in. Yeah. But the thing about that is that the footballers that they've got, they're nowhere near good enough. They're nowhere near in comparison to Liverpool's footballers and you'd like to see that intensity there. Well, you would. And, you know, if, if, if I'm um, suddenly transplanted into the uh, the Swansea dugout, the Swansea dressing room and I'm managing that club, you know, I do my homework and, and I work out a style of play that least suits Liverpool. That's the that's the Swansea manager's job and he's got to take emotion out of it. He's got to be negative. He's got to put players behind the ball and it's more difficult at home and it's more of a challenge for for them um, in terms of that complacency issue, it's, it's for supporters to be complacent. Robbo was right in saying that uh, Klopp is correct to address complacency issues. To remind, you know, at the end of the, I've, I've always said away games, you know, they, they can be anything. Um, but on paper, this is Liverpool's easiest away game of the season. The bottom of the league, they're in hopeless form. Liverpool, you know, the game really shouldn't hold any fears for Liverpool if they approach it in the right way. Um, but as I say. Swansea, you know, there are points or, you know, the, the points that they can take away from us, they hold them currently um, and Liverpool have got to be at their best, they've got to be strong. Um, if there is scope for, for rotation in the next game in the FA Cup, I think fans are accepting of that. Um, it happens with, with most Premier League sides now, even right down the league, the players get rested in the FA Cup. It's absolutely not the time to rest players. You get your best players out on the pitch. Um yeah, so um, yeah, I, fully, I, I, I think fully expect Mike, Liverpool think, to win. I expect us to win, but I think it might be harder than we imagine. I don't think this is. What, I'm not. As I say, I, I think away games are in of themselves completely different. Yeah. So, you know that it's not I mean, okay. We beat them five nil, um, but last season, you know, Swansea struggled for the most part last season. But Liverpool won a very tight game um, at the Liberty Stadium two one with a late penalty from James Milner. Um, if we come away with a, with a result like that again, fantastic. That's exactly what you're after. But you can't be thinking that they're going to make it easy for us because it's absolutely their job not to make it easy, easy for us. And if they want to go back to that blueprint that I mentioned earlier about the Deitch blueprint, the Mourinho blueprint, the Allardyce blueprint and the Pardew blueprint, they know exactly how to play against us if their own supporters would, would allow them to play it in that way. Swansea fans will be delighted if that game ends nil-nil or 1-1. Um, and they, they'll buy into that idea. They need points. They want to stay in the Premier League. It's fighting for understanding that we're fighting for dear life. We do a good job of it against Burnley, Ian. And I think that that's the that is the one where you're able to look at and say Liverpool's they got they got the rhythm of that game. They understood how it was working and what it was meant to be about. That's what we're going to have to see here. Yeah, completely. And I, you know, same as Mike, I honestly don't think the Swansea will be as good at doing that as Burnley. Burnley have had a lot of practice playing under Dyche to set up to do that against us. Swansea haven't had that yet, so I think even though, as Mike said, you know, if you're the manager, you go in that, and that's exactly what you want to do. They're not as practiced at it. They've had a couple of weeks. That they're not a dice side, so I think they're still there. I think it's, I think it's a win. I don't think there's any issue about the fact it's a win. Okay, let me get uh, let me get a prediction off each of you. Then you've all said win, but give me a scoreline. Start with you, Gareth. Three uh, nil to Liverpool. Three nil Liverpool. Okay, Ian. Yeah, three nil. Three nil, Mike. Uh, same as last season, 2-1 to Liverpool. 2-1 uh, is also where I am on this one, Liverpool, by two two of your goals to one of their goals. But don't look forward to Monday night and think, you know what, Liverpool are going to play some absolutely fantastic free-flowing football. It's going to be late, it's going to be dark, it's going to be muddy, it's going to be wet. It's going to be intense stuff, I think, and it's going to be tight. It's going to be testy. Let's all be psyched up for the fact that we're going to be in yet another battle. Let's remember, though, that we're 18 since we've lost one. Sports Social Podcast Network.